live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. We are back on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRapp.com. Seth, great job holding down the fort there yeah, for welcome, the first 15 minutes. Uh, just got back from the SU Hill where I did a live shot for uh, the new news on News Channel 9 and uh, and big news, uh, of course, over the course of the last 24 hours as Dino Babers gets that long-term extension. You said in the first segment, Seth, that Dino Babers deserves all the credit, and you're right. He deserves credit, his staff, his vision. It's it's all come to fruition. I think John Wildhack deserves a lot of credit in this situation uh, as well. He was ready just in case. You mentioned in that first segment, and again, you were right, that Syracuse football exceeded our expectations. We were not expecting a 9-3 and regular season. We were debating about 6-6, six and 5-7, six, and seven, you know, maybe 7-5. and five. I'm quite sure that, that Syracuse football probably exceeded John Wildhack's expectations as well. He just said at his press conference, though, that he started doing his homework over the summer just in case. He wanted to be ready that if this was the breakout year, he wanted to be ready. Right. And he was ready. We, you know, Syracuse, he didn't even wait till it got to nine wins. He started the conversations earlier in November uh, with Dino's agent. But I think he gets a lot of credit for doing his homework before this even became a thing. He gets a lot of credit for opening up the dialogue with Dino's agent before the season was even over, and he gets a lot of credit for getting this thing hammered out, getting it signed, getting it announced a week before the early signing period opens, which helps recruiting. Could not agree more. Uh, I was saying Dino deserves the credit as far as the football program, right? Tur- turning this thing around and making it what it is. John Wildheck was incredibly pre- prepared for this. Incredibly prepared for this. Um, you know, and and I noticed that immediately. Uh, when he was on with Brent Axe last night, you know, he said the same kinds of things. He said, you know, we started thinking about it over the summer a little bit. We went to the board of uh, board of trustees and the chancellor uh, in November. And, and I told Dino, I said, hey, I'm bringing this to the board. I, I want to do this. Um, and then they went from there. And to your point, like that's a that's a really big deal. It's a really big deal that they knew that they were ready just in case, because all of a sudden you're not ready. You put up a nine, 10 win season and there's no, there's nothing there at the end for you. You know, it, it feels like uh, that that might've been a letdown, right? That, that might've been a little bit of a, a letdown or, or a disappointment, but being ready, being prepared for the moment, I, I think is a really big deal. He, he mentioned John Wildhack that is in his press conference a short time ago uh, that he started to see the signs last year, right, with the close losses at LSU and the close loss to Florida State and the close loss to Miami. He could tell they were getting close. And and while I, you know, I think he'd be lying if he said he envisioned nine wins this year or ten wins this year. I think he felt like this could very well be the breakout year. You know, Dino Babers came in and said, you know, year two, weeks four through six, you're going to see something different. And we started to, you know, there was the close loss to LSU. We started to, but I feel like the the growth was stunted to some degree with Dungy's injuries at the end of year one and Dungy's injury at the end of year two, and it set the stage for all of this to kind of come together in year three. And John Wildhack anticipated that. Again, was he expecting nine or ten wins? Probably not. But he was ready if this became, you know, the turn the corner year. He was ready to, if this became this, right? And and to your point about the Dungy injuries, and I I want to give credit because I think it was Nate Mink who pointed this out right before the start of the first game or during the first game of the season. Uh, that was game seventeen for Eric Dungy. 
That was middle of year two, right? If he had stayed healthy and played through in Dino Baber's system. So, yeah, there might have been a little bit of lag time. Like you, I would imagine that's because you didn't have your quarterback the whole time. You know, the quarterback is supposed to be this big piece of it. Uh, And in theory, the middle of year two for him still ended up being that 17th game, that first game of this season. And then you were able to hit your stride and go full blow, you know, the, the rest of this year. And all Eric Dungy did was score on the first nine possessions that, that he was out there at quarterback. No big deal. Yeah. That was, that was a pretty good performance. Uh, let's go to the full lines. 315-437-7644. We want to hear from you. Uh, and we're going to kick things off with Scooter in Jamesville. Hey, Scooter. Hey, guys. Listen, I mean, I, you know, you got to give me some credit. I, after the first game, I really thought Syracuse could win eight or nine games. And I told everybody they're going to be Florida State just, just on the basis of the perfect storm. Syracuse is going to be better. And the ACC is not going to be as good as maybe people might think. So it's the perfect storm. And I thought this was a cycle where all the tough games are at home and all the 50-50 games are basically on the road, that there's a possibility to win nine or you know, possible ten games. I, I think the extension is great for Coach Babers. It gives him security. He knows he can, you know, whatever happens, he's going to be paid for the next seven or eight years. I always thought that, that if he was going to leave, he was going to leave in the next two or three years because – you know, because of his age, I think once you get over sixty years old, you got to go to a program that's already established and ready to win. It'd be interesting to see if Coach Babers was sixty-two and he was at Bowling Green, if Syracuse was going to hire a coach knowing that it's going to take four or five years to get better. But because of his age, it was perfect. Because I, that's the reason why I didn't want Scott Frost to come here because I know you know his age and look what happened in two years. He's at Nebraska anyway. I thought Coach Babers being in the mid-fifties, if he had success. And if it wasn't for the top seven or eight teams coming to call, and he probably would stay. I just didn't think he was going to move for just a, a, a like a parallel move. I mean, that's why I knew he wasn't going anywhere this year. Outside the USC, nothing was going to open up that would entice him to move. And I think it's great that they hopefully going to pay hopefully the the assistants because I think that's been the problem with a lot of coaches here. It's not what they were getting paid; it's what the assistants were getting paid. And what we heard. Uh, uh, I forgot. I forgot his name. The one that went to Indiana. How much he was making as a as a as a halfback uh, uh, coach. You know, was amazing. That's just Indiana. Where he's making four hundred thousand. That that's where you have to market value. And I think the key to success for next year is going to be Florida State and NC State. How well did they regroup? Because those are on the road. And if we're going to win nine or ten games next year, I think it's based on some of the teams how the ACC is going to get better. And it's just too bad we can't get to the other division because I think we were in the other division then we could easily be in the top two every year and basically didn't you know that just baby be out Miami every year to play Clemson for the title. But in our in our division we can go from the from the penthouse to the outhouse real quick just depend on the other teams and and their in our division. A lot of great stuff there, Scooter. We always appreciate checking in. Talking about Mike Hart uh who who left for you know more money at a at, at a similar position. Um I mean, and there, there are stories not even not even only on this coaching staff. I, I mean, going back to Scott Schaefer and Doug Marone, I, there there are stories of not being able to hire the coach that you want to hire due to financial restrictions. I like Scooter's point about getting to that you know second contract. Obviously, he didn't play out the entire first contract, but it, it, he got a second contract, right? I mean, this is a contract extension, and and getting through this first wave of success, I think, is important because. You can if Dino Babers was using this as a stepping stone, he would he would leave in the next year or two. He's nine and three, and it seems like 
they're set up for success next year. You have another good year. You know, maybe USC ends up opening. It's not going to open this year. Maybe it opens next year. Um, you know, maybe another high-profile job opens and and you leave. By signing the extension, it goes from, I think we can win here, and I think that we can, you know, compete for divisional titles and, and be in the national conversation every year. It goes from thinking it to, now you get four years, five years, whatever it may be, to to now show it and prove it and maybe even prove it to yourself that, all right, we got this thing going. Let's see what it can be here. And it, it gives it some time to breathe, and there's not that urgency to move on to something else. Now, you know, you can you can let it grow and, and see what it grows into for the next four or five years and decide if you do want to stay here and have this, you know, well, be your quote-unquote last job. You well, know see, what I mean? It's, it's funny because I think of it as a different way. I think that by... By by signing an extension, you've already made that determination. You've already made that deter- not not that this is going to be the last job, but you've already made that determination that this is a place that I can and will win at. Like they, that that's right, what that, I like. Well, more I, so than we agree. More so that, than saying like, "Hey, I can prove it over the next three or four years." Like I know I can do it, and now we're maybe going I'm, to go do maybe it. Maybe I'm not articulating it right. Um, not that he, he needs to prove it to anyone other than himself. Like I guess my point is, is if he didn't think he could win here, so we're, we're he we wouldn't think have the signed same thing. The if he didn't think he could do it, he wouldn't have signed it. Right. But my point is, is it's it's one thing to do it one year. Scooter said in this division in the AC, it's the toughest division, could be the toughest division in all of college football. So to to do it one year doesn't mean you're going to be guaranteed this kind of success every year. So he must believe that he can do it moving forward, yes. right? And it goes from, I think I can, to over the course of the next four or five years, he can almost show himself, yeah, I was right. You know, this this could be a national power again yeah. instead of, eh, maybe it could be a national power. You're right. He like, must believe he it think, or he wouldn't have signed an extension. Right. Like, I, I think that he believes that already. Like, he's already got the belief that, hey, Syracuse can be this good or, you know, whatever, whatever the level this is, he thinks that they can be that good. And and I think that he already has that belief, uh, you know, up or he wouldn't have signed another contract to stick around. You know, by by signing on for another year, like it, it makes, you know, another go around, another extension. Um, I'm not saying never. It, you know, I'm not saying that an, another job doesn't swoop in. I'm not saying that uh, nothing ever happens. But it, to me, it alleviates a lot of the concern about it because to me it shows that he he does believe this is a place you can win and win relatively big. Now, don't get me wrong. There are schools out there that have humongous booster bases and, and that have uh, huge fundraising bases, and no matter what somebody's buyout is, they will find a way to buy you out, right? The, 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 don't get me wrong at all. There are ways that there, there are schools that that can happen at. But at the same time, I don't think that you sign on again uh, you know, just three years into the job, if you don't believe that you can do something big, here. and it's a lot easier to buy somebody out of a, of a three year contract opposed to whatever years to come is. You know, even if it's even if they doubled the three years to six, and again, we don't know the terms of the deal, but it almost doesn't matter, right? I mean, if it's if he's under contract for another five, six, seven years, the 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 buyout is is going to be a lot. So you know, yeah. you're right. If Texas or USC wants somebody bad enough, they they'll find they a way will. to get him. Um, but it's not like Dino Babers is the only coach out there. So this makes it a lot more difficult for Dino to leave, you would think. Again, we don't know the details of what the buyout is or, or so on and so forth. I'm sure Syracuse put some safeguards in there. 
I did ask John Wildhack that earlier today. Again, he he didn't give specifics as you know you would you would expect. I mean, they're a private right. institution; they don't need to. I, I mean, this is I I don't know for sure what he said last night about the compensation and and, and that kind of thing. But here's what he said, uh, or I don't know what he said an hour ago, but I, I know what he said last night with with Brent X. You know, I think we you know we we tried to address and we did, we did our homework, Brent, and and the homework on this really started, um, you know, back you know back frankly, in, uh, you know, in the late summer. So, you know, we did our homework and, um, and we know kind of what, you know, where, where the market is and we want to be competitive in every respect. And part of that is facilities. Part of that is, is our staff. Part of that is obviously assistant pool for the staff. And, um, you know, I think we've been able to, uh, you know, we've been able to accomplish that. And, and that's, that's what Dino gets out of the deal. What I'm curious about is what, what did Syracuse University have built into the contract to protect itself? Like right. Dino's got what Dino wants. What does Syracuse get in return? And my guess is they have, I would, I would again, a guess that they've got a hefty buyout in there, especially early on in this extension, that it would make it very difficult for somebody to, to come in and, and, uh, and scoop them up. I'm um, sure, and 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 that is really important because again, it, for me, it goes from well, yeah, I think we could be really good here, you know, but now you you we have a chance to see it for the next four or five years, and if he needs any more convincing, he's got four or five more years to to convince him that that this is the place to stay and build this long term and and you know compete on a national stage, and we haven't seen this program compete on a national stage again, going on almost two full decades now. Right, and and again, I I think that. You're not hearing about this extension today or yesterday. You're not hearing about that unless Dino actually believed that. You know, I, I don't think that he's signing a contract extension. I don't I don't think anybody would sign a contract extension if they weren't happy and believed in the growth of the of their own, you know, personal growth in a job. And, you know, that's kind of what we saw today. 315-437-7644. Plenty more to come on this topic. We do need to take a time out. Full lines remain open for the next hour or so. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. All right, Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Again, phone lines uh, open for the next hour or so at 315-437-7644. We're brought to you in part by CH Insurance. The other thing with this whole uh, Dino Babers extension, Seth, that, that we haven't gotten to is is the fan element of this. I had a friend of mine tell me today um, that that he bought season tickets today. <laughs> this is what did it. Yeah, keeping keeping Dino around and, is what did and it. I, and I feel like you know you've got the hardcore fans right that are going to follow this program no matter what, and then you've got the the fans that were soured by what happened over the course of the last fifteen years, and little by little they were starting to come back, and then you've got the fans that have trust issues with Syracuse football, right? It's it's not too dissimilar to a relationship. You, you know, if you've been burned and and you know the partner's got to earn the trust back from you know, Syracuse football had to earn the trust back from from a faction of the fan base. And I wonder if this extension has done that and has has kind of put SU football over the top with you know, winning back the fans. And and I guess time will tell and we'll see what happens next year. But, right, I mean, d- didn't you feel like all this year, and we took a lot of calls on this show, as Syracuse started to win more and more games, that, well, they got to pay Dino, or, you know, somebody's going to 
come in and scoop up Dino, or you know, th- this only continues if Dino stays. And there was almost like a re- you know a reluctancy to to buy into the program because well, it's too good to be true. They're going to win nine or ten games, and Dino's going to be gone. Well, guess what? Dino's not gone. Dino signed an extension. Dino's staying. So for those reluctant fans, and I get why you're reluctant. I, you, you've been burned a lot over the course of the last 17 years. I get why you're reluctant. Right. But now that you've been shown a commitment by the head coach who's got this thing rolling, is that enough to now show your commitment in return? And again, for my friend, the answer was yes. And he, went, he got season tickets. I mean, how, do you, how could you not want to be a part of this right now? Um, and again, I'm not telling people to you know, go buy season tickets. Like That's a personal choice. But I, I do understand why you've been hesitant to buy back in. I think this is a big deal, though. If you, if you were on the fence, I wonder how many people this kind of puts you over the top. I would imagine this has a huge impact. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you, say, you say reluctant because they think Dino's going to go somewhere. I, I, I tend to say, and I, and I know that we've talked about this throughout the year, I, I kind of say it was a Debbie Downer who was calling in after they beat Clemson and was like, Ah, oh, Dino's gonna leave. Like, oh, cool. They just had their biggest program win in thirty years. Why are we talking about this? Like, I, I was like, I don't get why, why this happens at certain times. But I would, I would imagine that those fans who were always concerned about Dino leaving, no matter the success, no matter who they beat, no matter how many games they won, I would imagine that some of those fears have been uh, kicked to the side and and would subside, and you would buy in all the way. I mean, I, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't. I guess is the best way to say it. I know, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you realize this, talking to me about this for the last two years, I already had bought in. Like, I, I was already all the way back in. Like, I, I thought Dino was the guy. I thought Dino was the hire. I thought Dino was the right person to do it. Uh, if if Dino wasn't going to turn this thing around, just shut it down and don't care anymore. Like, the, like, everything about it, right? And so I was already in. So I don't understand the people who weren't. But I was... I, or I should say, I, I understand it, but I, I don't understand why they were so reluctant for so long. Like, I, can I to point me, it this doesn't out? take the contract extension, but yes, go can ahead. I, can I point this out? So you say that you were all in. I'm going to let you rephrase that. You were all in on Dino Babers. Yes. Because you were not all in on SU football because at the beginning of this year you were trying to talk yourself into five and yes, seven. But I was or six was, and six, despite what and, right. and again, I was I was right there as well. I said, all right, this team, if Dungey starts I I remember like it was yesterday. If Dungey starts all twelve games, they should go right. six and six and they should go to a bowl game. And then we said maybe seven and five. You were having trouble even saying five and seven. And again I'm not accusing you because no. I mean everybody felt like well, that. Well no and and so yes so you weren't was, all in on SU no, football. You were all in on Dino I, was, Babers. I was in on Dino Babers as the coach to fix this thing long. I didn't think that it was going to get fixed in year three. And so I think there are a lot of fans that have that same mentality, Seth, that they were in on Dino Babers, and those were the people calling after you know big wins. It, those were the people calling last year after Clemson and saying, got to hang on to this guy. I don't want to buy back in because if I buy back in, you know, as soon as I buy back in, I'm going to be burned again. He's going to leave. They're going to bring in somebody that can't get it done and I'm going to be disappointed again. And you know, maybe they were buying in on Dino Babers like you were, but they were hesitant to buy in on SU football. Oh, 5 and 7, 6 and 6 is the best that they can do here. Well, now it's not the best they can do here. They showed you they could do 9 and 3 and it wasn't a fluke. Like this was a 9 and 3 football team could have been an 11 and 1 football team. Very easily, with, yes. With one play in the Clemson game and one play in the Pitt game, this team is 11 and 1 and in the top 10 and in a New Year's 6 game. Um, and it wasn't a fluke. So we saw it. Now you see that there's a commitment from the coach, and 
You know, while you were in on Dino Babers, and I think a lot of people in this town are in on Dino Babers, I think it's okay to let your guard down, let the wall down, and be in on SU football again. Yeah, and there, there's no reason not to be. Like, that, I, I guess that's what I'm... I guess that's really what I'm trying to say at this point. Like, there's there's no reason now not to be in. Like, if you like the coach, if you like what you're seeing, if you like what you're watching, um, and now you have that coach locked up, like there, there's no reason not to be all in and not to be back on this football program. Like, what, what can this football program be year in and year out? Do I think they're going to win nine or ten games every year? No, probably not. But could they win eight, nine, spike up to ten? Like, yeah, that stuff's all realistic. So... You know what? Why not use this year as that as that uh, way of saying, "Hey, here's what we can do. Here's what is possible." And I think that's what Dino saw and did, and that's why you sign on. We saw Eric Dungey work with Dino Babers for three years, and then we saw what happened his senior year, third year as the starter. Guess what? Tommy DeVito year is three next year. Well, it is. It's year three true, next year. But my point was, Tommy DeVito's got three years of being the starter ahead of him, so. What's to say that you know when when Tommy DeVito's a junior or senior, why why can't you know the the expectation be this season all over again, if not more? Why can't it be? You're, theoretically, your you know your team is going to get better as a whole. You're going to have better playmakers on both sides of the ball. You're going to you know continue to build or build up the underbelly of the team like Dino always talks about. So you're going to have the same kind of quarterback. In terms of experience and effectiveness in in Tommy DeVito that you had in Eric Dungey, obviously they're different, but you're going to have that same kind of mastery of the playbook, and then you've, you're going to have, theoretically have better players to work with, right? So why can't this? Why can't we see this all over again? In a you know maybe sure. not next year, sure. but the, you know two sure. years from now, three years from now. Yes, we could, and we probably will, and then we shouldn't be surprised. Think about that. We probably will. You're right. We probably we will. Probably will. Like we will, we will probably see like and, and like and and again, think back to three years ago when Scott Schaefer was coaching this team, and and the team was lucky to get to four wins because BC's quarterbacks completed two passes the entire game, and Cole Murphy kicked a field goal as time expired. Like even with as inept quarterback play as I've ever seen in a football game in person, it took a last second field goal to win that game. And now we're talking. Well, in two years they could go win eleven football games. It's remarkable. Like it's like, like like that that is why we got the news last night that there was a contract extension. Like that in a nutshell, right? Is why we got that news. It's remarkable. It really is. 315-437-7644. We do need to take our final time out here in hour number one. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio. Stephen Seth back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Let's uh, go back to the phone lines. Stan in the van next up on Orange Nation. Hey, Stan. Hi, guys. Uh, In addition to being an SU football fan, I'm also an Iowa State football fan. And there's kind of an interesting parallel because their coach, Matt Campbell, He's been out there, I think, three or four years. He's turned that program around, and people have worried about his leaving. Um, They recently gave him an extension, and I guess a big part of the extension was the uh, school allocated a million dollars towards his assistant coaching staff. And uh, I know we we probably don't know that with uh, Coach Babers, but... I'll be interested to find out eventually if 
part of that extension for him involves keeping his assistants around. So just an observation, but it's kind of an interesting parallel to teams I follow. Yeah, and, and that's a great point, Stan. I appreciate checking in. Uh, we don't know the dollar figure, but it was alluded to both last night with Brent Axe and today during John Wildhack's press conference that, you know, again, it's it stands to reason that's part of the deal, right? It's the head coach gets a raise. It's, you know, in order to be competitive, you need to be able to pay the assistant coaches as well. And there's a, you know, a bigger pool of money with which Dino can allocate to to his assistants. It's about facilities and and staying competitive. And John Wildhack, again, he, he alluded to that last night. He alluded to it again today. I think it's safe to say that it's not just a raise for Dino, but there's a larger pool of money with which he can pay his assistants. Yeah, I, I would think that that goes almost without saying. You know, I, I know John Wildhack has said it multiple times now, and and it seems like um, anytime you're extending any college coach now, right at this point, that's kind of a, a given in these contract discussions. So yeah, that that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. It's it's something that you have to do. You have to take care of your assistant coaches because uh, yeah, the the higher ones, the the higher level assistants, the the coordinators are probably looking at some point to be head coaches somewhere else. But you've got to make sure that you can keep the other assistants um, you know, from wandering to other equal jobs. You don't want Mike Hart leaving for the same position at Indiana. You know, you, you don't want that to happen. You want to be able to keep your your assistant coaches, your your offensive line coach who you just brought in, your defensive line coach, uh, you know, who's built up this unit, like your your linebackers coach. You want these guys to stay in your program. You you want Justin Lustig to stay and run this special teams the way that he has uh, over the past couple of years. Like you don't want these guys to leave for equal jobs. So you've got to be able to pay them, and that's part of what goes to doing your homework, right? I mean, John Wildhack said, we started doing our homework last summer so that we would be ready if and when it was time. And it, it got to be time, and they were ready. They did their homework. They want to stay competitive. They knew you know, what the, the market would bear. They knew what was fair, what was fair market value for a coach like Dino Babers in this position. And they, they went out and they, they took care of that. And so what is fair, again, part of what is fair, not just a race for the coach, but you need money to to pay the assistance because if you got something rolling, then you know other programs are going to want the assistance. Exactly. Kent State wanted Sean Lewis, so they took Sean Lewis. You know, and and at some point that's going to keep happening. And some guys are going to want to become head coaches, and there's nothing you can do about that. And, and even if they're getting paid well, they may want to leave and start their own program. Exactly. Um, so there's nothing you can necessarily do about that. But I think the Mike Hart example is is a perfect one that you don't want your guy feeling like, well, it's a better opportunity because it's more money, you know, if I if I take the same position somewhere hey, else. You, I'm a you running, definitely don't want that. I'm a running backs coach at Syracuse, and I'll make more money being the running, running backs coach at Indiana. Like, there's no reason to have that happen. Correct. There's, there's just none. So, hopefully that's been dealt with, and that's, you know, an issue that's that's off the table. Yeah, and, and look, John Wildhack, when he talked about it last night, kind of um, hinted at other things. I mean, he said, look, the... Yes, the staff is part of it. Yes, the coach is part of it. Yes, uh, the facilities are part of it. The dome is being renovated. They've got the indoor practice facility. You know, there there's a lot that goes into this kind of stuff. I, I would imagine a recruiting budget is, is a part of this contract extension as well. Like there there's a lot that goes into it aside from like the number that we'll see printed in USA Today two years from now of of Dino Babers' coach's salary. I wonder if Dino Babers insisted on no air conditioning in the dome. If I stay, no air conditioning would, in the dome. Look, at the very least, get me a thermostat that I can control from my locker room. 
Three, I need the thermostat in our in our locker room. 315-437-7644. Hour number one in the books. We'll kick off hour number two right after this on ESPN Radio.